0: What did you eat for breakfast? (laughs) Hmm.
1: Actually, I skipped breakfast today and went straight to lunch. I had some spaghetti carbonara, so it was a little leftover of what I made the other night for dinner.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions, such as anxiety and depression, in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 109 sponsored by the skinny armadillo printing company in fort worth texas offering screen printing embroidery laser engraving and a range of other services go to the skinny to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level if you enjoy the podcast there are a couple of ways you can show your support go to the store at store.musiconyourownterms.com and buy some merch and at the same time sign up for the mailing list to stay connected Subscribe to the YouTube channel to get extra content you won't find anywhere else. And finally, head over to Podcast Magazine's website at podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot50 and vote for music on your own terms in their Hot 50 monthly chart. In this episode, I talk to producer, entrepreneur, and digital marketer Tom Donahue. Tom shares his experience with marketing, blockchain, and cryptocurrency, as well as his mindset on learning various skill sets by actively doing the task you want to achieve. He also talks about the importance of finding multiple income streams as a creative, and how he handles his ideas being rejected by investors for the startup companies he has established. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I'm joined by Tom Donahue, who is lots of things music producer, digital marketing, but we'll get into that. Welcome. And, and how are you doing?
1: Thank you, Simon. I'm doing good today. I had a kind of busy day of podcasting work, but um, now I'm here and, and ready to go. So got the schedule clear. Awesome. i excited to be on. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. So you're based in Denver, Colorado. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. That's right. Denver.
0: Did you grow up there or did you move there later on? or?
1: I didn't. I actually uh, started out in New Jersey. So i went I lived in the same house all the way through high school, and then once I graduated high school, I went out to Colorado state University so um went out there, did my four years, and then I went back to New Jersey and worked in New York City for a couple of years. But then I just recently moved back out to denver um, just just okay. for another little change up because i was I was done with New York City for a minute, so. <laughs> Happy to come back.
0: Yeah, I, I find I find cities to be uh, good to visit, but I'd much rather live near the mountains or by the ocean or something. Of course, it's, yeah. I I get burnt out pretty quickly with that lifestyle. So yeah, we we met through Kitcaster. For those that are into podcasting, you might have heard they uh, they're a really good agency that kind of matches podcast hosts with interview. Ease and I've been, I, I've, I've found some really great guests on there. And you actually work for the company as well. Yes. Is that correct? So yep. let's kind of dig into that real quick. What do you do for that, you know, for the company? And, you know, how did you get hooked up with them?
1: Sure. Um, so, one thing that um, is like my main responsibility for the company is I'm the product manager for the podcast guest list, which I know mm-hmm. you're familiar with, but for your listeners, it's basically just a guest list where podcast hosts can go and um send invitations out to guests that they think might be a good fit for their show and it just kind of makes those connections between the host and guest and we at KitCaster just kind of step back and let things happen Mm. so that's that's my main um objective there is to be the product manager for that you know I'm the support for all of the guests like and like whenever you send out an invite you know those messages come from me so everything that um that goes on with the pgl is kind of me behind the scenes and also um our co-founder ryan he's also doing a lot of the stuff on there and then there's another side of Kitcaster, which is um an agency side so that is more for the people who are looking to get on like very specific types of shows Mm -hmm. people who have you know a little bit more established companies or like bigger marketing budgets that can actually spend the money to have a dedicated agent, you know, that works just for them to get them on high tier podcasts that are aligning with the business objectives that they're trying to promote. So for sure, I also do the support for that end of the business as well. In terms of scheduling and communications between hosts and clients, I just make sure that everything goes smoothly on the back end.
0: That's cool. yeah, I mean, thank you for for what you're doing because it's uh, it's helped me out. I've got some really interesting guests and connections through guests that wouldn't I wouldn't normally have gotten to talk to, so. um, that's great. So let's talk about your music background. what What do you do in music and how did you get into it in the first place?
1: Sure. I've always been into music production. I've just recently started actually you know getting deep into production and mixing and mastering my own songs. I started using Ableton back in high school, but um, even before that, I I was a drummer in the band at school, and, you know, I was just always doing something in music, whether it was beatboxing or freestyling with my friends, so, like, it it just was the, the next step for me to take, and I always kind of wanted to get a little bit more serious in Ableton, but um in high school and, like, throughout college, I couldn't afford, you know, the, the full suite, like, software can be pretty expensive mm. so and then also in college I just didn't have too much time really so more recently I've I've gotten a lot more into it and um yeah I've I've been making my own songs mainly in the electronic genre also some like freestyle and hip hop beats I would say more along the lines of electronic dance music is what I like to make mm-hmm. and um yeah I I produce and then also at the same time with that experience that I gained mixing music I also used that to begin audio engineering for podcasts so I edit podcasts as well and that's actually how I got connected with Kitcaster to uh, answer that question from before so mm. I um I was referred to them by a friend and they liked my editing experience through podcasts and then that's how I ended up in the current position.
0: That's great so do you currently use music as a as a, an income stream or is it more of a hobby at this point and you're still kind of building it up Sure,
1: it's definitely more of a hobby. i'm I don't have an income through music production. Um, I do have an income stream through audio engineering in the sense of editing podcasts mm. that that's an income stream that is a result of music for me. i'm I'm not established enough to be making money off of releases. I haven't released through any labels or anything like that. So I'm kind of on the earlier end of my career in that sense,
0: but that's great because you you know by editing the podcast, you're still, You know you're still in the environment and learning the software and uh, you know it's a a slightly different editing you know process but yeah i mean whatever you can do in that space is is really useful i find exactly yeah so that's that's great
1: my um vocal editing has just like gotten so much better since i started with podcasts in terms of um Mm. in terms of my chain of uh of effects and things that i use so it's it's been great and um It it really does help. And if if you have any sort of production skill in a DAW, like editing podcasts is, you know, a great way for you to to use those skills and make a little bit of side money. So I would recommend it.
0: Absolutely. What got you into the bug of music when you know, when you can first remember like what was there an artist that like did it for you and you said I have to do that? Or was it just kind of a natural thing? How how did it start for you?
1: As as far back as I can remember when I really started getting serious about music and like um making my own beats it was actually when I started beatboxing with another friend of mine mm. so I was just so amazed at how talented he was at beatboxing so I started learning from him and doing things like that and then you know when you're beatboxing it's it's coming off from you you're not really playing an instrument but um I think there's a lot of creativity in beatboxing and it's clear if you go and look oh, online sure. um what some people can do. It's amazing. That that's where like my own, you know, creativity started coming into it because previously I had just been doing, you know, playing in the school band and like playing what's on the paper, you know. Mm. Really doing that and then like, you know, joining with friends and making freestyles and new beats and stuff. That's what really got me into it. In terms of an artist that i would say maybe inspired me to start was um mac miller who conveniently it's actually his birthday today that we're recording on oh really yeah but unfortunately he's not here with us anymore Uh. yeah he i was just amazed at the fact that he was out there you know making a lot of his own beats and stuff and also just me growing up in new jersey he was in pittsburgh and pennsylvania just in terms of where I was at the point in my life when Mac Miller started to get big, um, the music that he made just really resonated with me in a way that, how can I say this? Each Mac Miller release, I know which point in my life I am at when I listen back to it, you know? Like Mm. every song and album that he released just connected with my generation and my group of friends so well that um, I wanted to be able to make something like that for somebody else. So I would say that, you know, just his ability to make something that connected so well with uh, my group and my generation really inspired me to try to get better on my own and and make something that even if it just inspires one person the same way that, that I was hit by Mac Miller, you know, that would be great enough for me.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, ev- everyone has their pinnacle moment of music. A lot of times it's your early teens. You really remember that. That stuff you were listening to, because it's kind of when you start to, usually when you start to hit, you know, get into your, you know, musical tastes, and you're getting out of, out of your early childhood, and a lot of it really sticks with you, whether you still listen to it or not in in later life.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's cool. If we could touch on some digital marketing, because you 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 have a marketing background. Sure. Do you have any tips for musicians that? Would help the market better or let's say someone's new to marketing what what are the, some re- really foundational stuff that you can give them as as advice
1: sure so i mean one of the biggest things in marketing is you know obviously your music is going to market itself when it's when you've figured out your craft and you know you're making what you love mm-hmm. so that's that's probably the first step is don't go and make music that you want to market and push out if it's not something that you enjoy so start off by making what you love and then um in terms of marketing music in terms of like a stage name or making it into a career um i mean it's it's really just building your own brand and figuring out what with the music that you like to make what are what kinds of people also like to listen to that same thing like for example if you're a dubstep artist you know Who's listening to that and what do they like? What are their interests? You know, it's the core of marketing. Just figure out who your audience actually is and, you Mm -hmm. know, start off by just getting some feedback from those initial people who are supporting you. Like, for example, I'm just starting off, but I have like maybe five to 10 friends who listen to everything that I put out and, you know, they love to play it and they give me feedback. And that's just the best place for any musician to start. It's like if you're just starting out, figure out what those people like about your music and um, use that to push it and if you're ready to you know actually pay and like market something or maybe think about getting an agent take those take that feedback that those people gave you and just push it into your marketing
0: you found a nice segue from actually editing podcasts to get into a like podcasting job how important do you think having lots of different, you know, variations of skills, you know, whether it be editing or whether it be business, how, how have you found your, like, let's say you're schooling, for instance, how, how have you found you've applied a lot of what you learned in different aspects of business? Sure. I think
1: that personally, I've learned much more valuable information outside of school, just with through real world experience. The, the importance of like having a wide skill set is is huge, because Yeah, I've used some of the marketing skills that I learned in college, even in this position. But um, I more so have used other skills that I've learned while developing startups that I had started, for example. Like, I think the real world experience is a lot more valuable than um, than classroom experience Mm -hmm. and not to not to shut down classroom experience at all, because it most certainly can be great. Really, just like putting yourself out there and forcing yourself to learn something is a lot more effective than somebody else forcing you to learn something in my opinion.
0: Mm, for sure. and, and yeah, I, I, I completely agree because most of the time if I'm you know doing something, if, if we take like an editing suite for instance, you know you can look at tr- tutorials upon tutorials for hours, but unless you actually have at least for me, unless you if, unless I actually have a thing I want to accomplish, the, the information doesn't stick. I actually have to do the process of editing that thing or fixing that piece of audio or, or whatever it is, and I have to do it like several times for the for the process to actually stick in my brain. Otherwise, I'm you know I do it once and I'm going to have to keep going to back to that YouTube tutorial again and again until I've done it like five or six times. Oh no, now I remember how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that you have on your on your list is uh, blockchain. And cryptocurrency. I did want to touch on blockchain specifically because 2019, I was at the CD Baby um, music conference, okay. um, and I was in the Spotify, you know, webinar or, or seminar that they were doing, and the subject of metadata and putting using blockchain technology to put the metadata and and all the studio specifics of who did what and what was used and and, and the stuff that you need to keep track of for like split sheets, you know, that kind of thing came up. Um, Can you, I don't know if you can talk to blockchain technology that, you know, the potential of that for studio files to keep track of, you know, that stuff for licensing?
1: Of course, yeah. I think that that is one of the... um biggest things that blockchains are going to be used for in the future is securing and verifying data and I mean if you think about Bitcoin right now that's all it's doing it's just securing and verifying who owns what and that's what make block mm. makes blockchain so huge and important is because you can't falsify it or in a more realistic way you can't falsify it easily it would take it would take an extreme amount of effort to ever like falsify a really good blockchain and in terms of Bitcoin, it, it's basically impossible at this point mm-hmm. like like you're saying in terms of split sheets and stuff it it could be a prevalent in the industry for people to be changing those things or to not be honoring like certain portions of royalties and if all of that stuff was secured on a blockchain it it's just right there for everybody to see and there's no way that you can you can really falsify it so i think that's um That must be what Spotify was getting. I didn't know that they were looking into that, but, you know, it's great. Um, A lot of new companies are using blockchains to store their data. It really is the way of the future. I mean, people think that blockchain is just for currency, but in terms of storing data and, you know, getting different types of applications, there's just so many uses. That just sounds like a great use for the music industry. Mm. You can apply it to so many different things, and it's... The real importance of it is, you know, no one person can control it or change it. And that, mm. I guess, in terms of the music industry, if you have a big label who's trying to maybe take advantage of an artist or something or not honor the royalties that they're supposed to receive, um, I think that a blockchain would really put a lot more power in the artist's hands and allow them to, you know, make sure everything is set straight.
0: Absolutely. And just on that note of cryptocurrency, my, my thought process with that is obviously it's a it's a this is not a financial podcast, but like if if an artist starts thinking about these, you know, newer technologies, even even just as a revenue stream, you know, may, maybe I haven't seen anyone do this, but like cryptocurrency specifically, you know, you could use it as a revenue stream in terms of investment, but you could also use it as a way of like accepting income, like whether it's just a donation from a fan or whether it's to pay for merch. Sure. I still think, you know, people need to be a little more savvy about that stuff. I mean, it's it's the next generation of, oh, you know, we, you need a PayPal account, a Venmo account, cash app. You know, some people don't even do that and they can't accept credit cards because they don't have a Stripe machine. Um, sure. Not that, you know, accepting stuff at venues is really a, a, a hot topic right now. For obvious reasons, yeah. but you know, just just having that forethought to kind of think about the next generation of of accepting currency or, or whether you do something completely different, I think these uh, these are great conversations to have because you you really get, set yourself up to be accepting of the next next thing that's coming up. Of
1: course, if you think about an artist who is you know somewhere overseas or say you have somebody who an artist in a smaller country that a lot of their listeners are overseas and it's some you know they might want to support that person mm. if i were to try to send money to an artist in africa right now there's not many ways to do it with with my standard credit card or if i wanted to purchase merch it, you know it's not easy for people to set up payment gateways like that and also on mm. top of things the fees associated with getting money overseas are just astronomical in in current banking procedures and practices so an artist who maybe had a large fan base overseas might be interested in cryptocurrency because you know there's little to no fees in sending international transactions because it's all online anyway mm-hmm. there's no intermediate Absolutely. intermediary that has to monitor the transaction it's just verified by the blockchain so it's it's something right. that could allow artists to, like you were saying, either like accept donations or sell merch, um, without losing a lot of their revenue and income to fees, banking transfers, and
0: things like that. Yeah, absolutely. What what is a piece, one piece of advice you'd give a musician looking to be more entrepreneurial in their business?
1: Sure. In terms of their music business, you mean? Yeah, exactly. I would say you know think about the other possible revenue streams that there are don't just be focused on saying i'm going to become a rock star or i'm going to become a famous dj like there's just so many different opportunities for anybody who is skilled in music to make money whether that's like for for producers for example selling beats online or you know making beats for commercial applications like for companies like every company needs a little jingle or a beat for their commercial Mm mm-hmm for producers, you know, you could do what I did, use your skill to edit audio for a different application for podcasting in my, in my experience. You just really have to kind of, like for me, I have like accepted the fact that, you know, to become a famous and or successful musician for music sense, you know, it, it takes a while and it takes a lot of practice unless you're just extremely naturally gifted. Like people I think could do better to realize that there are many other revenue streams for musicians to, to take advantage of.
0: Absolutely. What is one resource, and that could be a book, podcast, a blog, that you would recommend to artists looking to be successful?
1: Oh, yeah, that that's an easy one for me. There is a website called Skillshare.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this kind of would be like a promotion for them, but wow, it really like improved my musical ability so much. And um, uh, for example... Skillshare.com has a ton of different types of skills that you can learn. It's not just music. You can learn how to do marketing for for your business. You can learn social media, you can learn Photoshop, like it has everything. I started off the first thing that I wanted to do on Skillshare was get better at playing the piano. So, I just did this mm-hmm. like extensive piano course. It's just amazing. And then another shout out from Skillshare. There's a teacher on there called his name is Jason Allen. He's a music producer. He's a professor. Um, he teaches Ableton and other. I'm sure he uses other DAWs as well. But um, there's just like, think of Skillshare as YouTube tutorials like on steroids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> these, uh, these creators and instructors make uh, full-fledged classes and like, you know, playlist of videos and different lessons and things. Um, you can learn how to do whatever you want to do. On that website and uh, Jason Allen took me from knowing nothing about Ableton to being able to make a full song Mm. and that that's just the truth of it like that's that's where I learned most of my stuff outside of normal YouTube uh, tutorials I would recommend it you can I think they have like a free two-month trial and you could just check it out and see what's on there it's really good
0: and presumably that that could be another uh, revenue stream for people looking to actually transfer their skills to someone else.
1: Exactly. Yeah, if you're if you're a great guitar player and, you know, you think that you can teach other people how to become a better guitar player, then that's what you can do. I mean, there's really a there's no limit to the amount of revenue streams you can find. You just need to take your skills and figure out where you can apply them best.
0: Mm, absolutely. What significant negative experience have you overcome and what did that teach you? Negative experience.
1: Well, I do have a lot of startups and I've been shut down on my startups. I've been told, you know, this isn't going to work. I've pitched investors who just have no idea what I'm talking about. I've had startups that fail and, um, you know, failure in that sense is, is always a learning experience because if you're somebody like me who, who is an entrepreneur at heart no matter how many companies you fail you're always going to start up the next one so um i would say you know a significant failure has been (laughs) or something that you can treat as a learning experience like that would just be you know just getting shot down by investors like over and over again but eventually you know it's a function of volume eventually somebody's going to understand what you're trying to do and somebody or somebody's going to be able to help you out that that's a good one for the entrepreneurial sense. In uh, the musical sense, you know, I fail every day making music. Um, you know, when I'm making a song or I want to make a certain type of sound with a synthesizer or something, you know, I fail every day at that because, you know, I'm not an expert sound designer. I'm not an expert producer. And um, it's just uh commitment and, you know, um, and dedication. You got to you got to just stick to it. Just the same thing as being an entrepreneur. If you get shot down a million times, you know, don't give up. Eventually, you'll be able to make that synth sound that you've been trying to make, that you've been hearing on the radio or something. And uh, it, once you know how to do it, you could do it again easily. So, mm.
0: Is there anything you'd say you could give it a good example of, like, if, if something if something had happened that made you like have a paradigm shift in your mindset about something. Is there an example of that that you could give? Hmm. Um,
1: I think I was always so concerned about um, like other people liking what I was making. Hmm. I was so concerned about being successful and other people like seeing that, that I was starting to you know forget the reasons why I had started a company or I was making music. I guess what made me kind of realize that was just seeing like on social media how like pretentious people can be sometimes in, <laughs> in their sense that they're like, yeah. you know, it it was probably Instagram that helped me to realize just like how obsessed mm. people can be with their own image. It kind of made me have to stay, take a step back and, and realize, you know, i I don't care that much if people don't like... The music i'm making or don't like the company that i started like i'm doing it because i believe in it and you know i believe that it could have a good impact on other people mm-hmm. i guess just you shouldn't care about the people who are gonna gonna turn you down and and make you upset i i think there's um much more important things to set your mind to than worrying about what other people think about you
0: right absolutely So what major positive experience has given you the encouragement to follow this journey?
1: Musical journey?
0: If you want to answer about that, that's fine. If it's business, if you can, you know, if you've got a better example in business, that's fine too. Sure.
1: I I might have one for both. I have with music. There was a friend of mine who like has always been, been great. His name's John. I sent him one of the tracks that, you know, I had finished. He just like, I mean, he loved it so much that and I had sent him other tracks too. And like, he's listened to my music before and like giving me good feedback. But like, I sent him one song that he just like, for whatever reason, really liked. And uh, he like, he texts me all the time that he's listening to it. And like, I can see on my uh, SoundCloud statistics, like, seven plays a week on that song from him. And it's like, mm. it really just inspired me. It's like, wow, like, It showed me that, you know, I can make music that makes a difference to people. And it really um, made me want to keep making more music that um, could maybe have an impact on even more people. So that's great. Shouts out to John because uh, he's the man. Yeah. He really inspired me to uh, keep working, practice more.
0: Awesome. Did you have a business one or?
1: Yeah. For business, it was just landing like that first investment, like that. Cause I've, I've had a couple different startups and, um, we've raised some money and we've, you know, done this, but the first time that like on a brand new company, when you're like pitching and you're just getting shut down by investors left and right, um, that first time that somebody says, you know, like, I believe in this and I'm going to give you money to, to do it. It's just like a, Mm. it's an amazing feeling because, you know, one you can keep working on your company that, that you love and believe in. And two is just a verification that like the last three years of hard work wasn't for nothing. Right. Because somebody actually believes in it as well. So that first investment is, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and, and you're doing something that requires fundraising, you know, just keep at it. Cause once you get that first one, it's, it's amazing.
0: Killer. So the last question is what does music mean to you?
1: music to me is like a story i think that you know every artist out there is making their art to convey a message or um, make people feel a certain way i think music is just the world's most widely accepted and oldest form of storytelling Mm. you know the things that people can do with music are are just amazing like the way that Music can make people feel. I think it's more powerful than any other medium. You know, that's it, it's another reason why I'm so interested in it, and and I'm going to keep pursuing it because I'm I'm not sure there's any other way that can can make people feel so inspired other than a song. I mean, some people aren't really into music, right? And we, I'm sure, um, they're not too much <laughs> fun at parties, but.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> yeah it's it to me, it's a story. There's so many different stories that you can tell and so many different ways that music can make you feel. And there's such a potential for music to affect people in different ways. So it's really subjective. some a song that you like I might not like, and some songs that I like you might not like, but it it really just gives people a personality and an identity that they can resonate with, like you know, everybody knows who their favorite is or, or what genre they like the most. I think that really gives people something to latch on and ultimately mm. find themselves.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. So if people uh, want to get in touch and find out all about you, where can they go?
1: Sure. I have an Instagram account. It's just my name, Tom Donahue, with two E's at the end because some random dude got the first one with one E mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't even post anything so that sucks for me but okay. also um, in terms of my music you can find it on SoundCloud the link for my SoundCloud is Todo so my my producer name is Todo T-O-D-O but on SoundCloud it's Todo with four O's at the end so soundcloud.com mm-hmm. slash T-O-D-O O-O-O <laughs> And you could check out my music there and find any other links that you want as well.
0: Fantastic. And at the end of the the podcast, I like to play a a piece of music by the person I'm interviewing. So what have you chosen to uh, play at the end?
1: Sure. Um, I'm going to play my most recent track. Um, It's titled My God.
0: Okay. Is there a story behind it? It was
1: actually inspired by that same friend, John who who liked one of my other tracks so much that like one day he was just over in my studio and I was like dude let's let's start a song right now like while you're here and um I started the song that day and um it's I think it ultimately became like one of the better tracks that I've ever made. I really worked mm-hmm. hard on it to uh try to get better with in terms of like leveling and mixing and mastering because I do all that stuff on my own. I i'm not going to be able to afford to have somebody mix my track or nor do i really even want to i want to i want to get better myself so um, i think that for sure he inspired me to really work really work hard on this one and he he even had some input on it so it was inspired by him john nardini he's the man
0: <laughs> all right excellent all right well this has been a, a great interview so i really appreciate you taking the time thanks for coming on continued success
1: thanks so much simon um Thank you as well, and uh, continued success with your podcast as well, and looking forward to getting you some more awesome guests as well.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, as this really helps get the word out about the podcast so that other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musicians community collectively learns, the stronger we will all become. A rising tide lifts all ships. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Tom Donahue with My God.